to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And this is the last episode of season three. So I hope you enjoy. You might be surprised to find that I am not in Portland, Oregon. I am in the basement of my sister's house in Helena, Montana, because I am painting their trim. And we are still in a pandemic, so following all the restrictions, you don't need to worry. But before I get started, I want to do what hopefully you have become accustomed to, or maybe you haven't become accustomed to, and that's a good thing, because then we can reflect on why we are not accustomed to honoring the land that we live on. I am on the unceded hunting ground of the Blackfeet Indian Nation and other tribes that hunted here. You might be wondering why I am stopping this season, because I think maybe it's shorter than the other ones. But I gotta say, I'm tired. I'm really tired. I'm not tired of doing this podcast. It's one of the more enjoyable things that I get to do in my life. Actually, I get to do a lot of enjoyable things in my life. But with all of the things that are going on in the world, I'm just tired. We have had so many amazing guests. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the guests that I've had on the show, um, I strongly recommend in this break to go back and listen to some of those guests that we've had because they have really challenged my thinking in a lot of ways. Some things that I, you know, the things that you do where you talk about something and you try to implement those things that you're talking about in your life, but you realize also there are some areas where you are not implementing them as best as you could or as much as you want. One of the interviews that I have been going back to on a pretty regular basis is my interview with J.R. Lilly. One of the things that I took away from that interview that I hadn't really expected was the story that he told about the trees interceding on humanity's behalf and how the trees stood basically between us and our annihilation. And I do get a lot from going in the forest. And one of the things that now has increased my capacity for enjoyment in the woods is carrying that story with me. And sometimes I'll be driving, you know, to go on a hike or on my way to Montana this time. And I am profoundly moved by the trees. Sometimes so much that I cry because I feel like the trees, especially the grief that I've carried in this pandemic, the trees have held, maybe against the trees, the will of the trees, so much of my grief, so much of my pain, so much of the unknown that I've been able to go to the forest or, you know, take a walk down an alley in my neighborhood and the trees have carried that for me. You can look at that any way you want. Um, I look at, it, look at it as a gift that I didn't see that I would get. And I owe a great debt to JR for sharing that story with me and with you. And I am determined, and he said he would do it, to get him to come back in 
the fourth season and talk more about Native spirituality and story and hopefully he'll be an ongoing guest much like Kathy Escobar has been that is another story if you haven't gone back and listened to it or if you haven't listened to it I have known Kathy for a long time and that woman continues to blow my mind with her capacity to hold paradox and not only hold it for other people but hold it for herself and not need to resolve it. And that is an uncomfortable place for us to be as humans. And I'm in that place right now of having some unanswered things in my life. And my tendency has been, as a two on the Enneagram, is to think, okay, what can I do to fix this? What can, you know, what books can I read? What steps can I make? But what if I wasn't the one that did the injury? And I had this hike with my sister when I first got here and we were talking about this and all of a sudden I had this awakening where I went, oh, I'm trying to fix something that at this present moment, it's not mine to fix. And I am uncomfortable in the tension of not being able to fix it. And what can this discomfort show me or teach me? And I gotta say, it's uncomfortable because my tendency has been to go full force into meeting with a therapist, which I am gonna do, by the way, I'm not taking that off the table, but my personality has been, what do I need to own? How can I make steps to make my side of the street right and okay? And I'm not saying that's not going to be a piece of this puzzle that I'm in. But at this moment in time, I haven't done anything wrong. So it is not my job to fix it. And that is a two. And I can't speak for other types. It's a very uncomfortable place to be. And my friend and somebody I admire greatly in this world, Kathy Escobar, has modeled that. She doesn't need to model that for us. She can just be in her own world, doing her own thing, making her own steps, and she has chosen to let us into some of that so we can find ourselves in her story, which I think is beyond generous. And I'm very grateful for that. And I had so many other guests, and I'm not not mentioning them because they, I'm not carrying them with me. One of my guests, um, Darrell Wade, he and I have continued to talk about um, the health of black men and ways that we can find connection where possibly very soon, we've talked recently about doing an archery workshop and getting that started so that eventually My hope is that the Black Men's Wellness will have all their own archery equipment and somebody that is not me, because I am a white lady, that can teach them archery on a regular basis so they can have a way to get some of this stress out of their bodies. Because that 
you know, when you're getting stress out of your body, I just want to remind you that it doesn't mean that stress isn't out there, that stress doesn't exist, and that you are not going to encounter it, especially as a POC person trying to live in the United States. But it is a way, one way, to get that stress out of your body. It works for me on a regular basis. Um, Hiking works for me. Sometimes (laughs) screaming works for me. The, um, The journaling that I've mentioned on here before works for me. But archery, every single time I go and do it and I have a moment of reflection, you know, if I'm, if I'm, If I'm centered and aware when I'm shooting, I always have a physical release, which means I'm getting rid of that stress in my body. And that is such a huge gift to my everyday life. And so that is something that Darrell and I have talked recently about. And um, I also recommend that you go back and you listen to that episode. Um, I just recently read the book Cast, and she really gets into why high blood pressure and heart disease disproportionately affect POC Americans, not necessarily Black Africans living in the, living on the continent of Africa. And it is the stress that we as a nation, that we as white people, put on black people with all of the injustices that they face every single day in this country. Now back to where I started at the beginning of this podcast, why I'm taking a break. The main reason why I'm taking a break, like I said, is I'm tired. And I'm not tired of this podcast. It is definitely giving me life. And I have a lot to say, which will not surprise any of you that I've been listening to to me for a while. And I want to remember the conversation I had with my friend Jeffrey James Neal about what we're putting out into the world. And I believe that what I'm putting out into the world is beneficial and hopeful and hopefully thought-provoking. I think it's thought-provoking. I'm thinking the guests that I've had on here have continually caused me to think about who I am and what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, and how I am in the world and how I want to be in the world. But one of my commitments as a spiritual director that I've made to myself and to my clients is I will model listening. And my body is telling me I need to take a break. And I have some things I need to work on, which I'm alluding to here which I'm not at liberty to talk about. (laughs) So that's why, I mean, you guys know me. My normal stance is to be very transparent, but there's some things I'm working on in my life that I just can't talk about yet. And they're hard. And they've been made extra hard with this pandemic that I'm getting used to. And I'm sure I'm not alone, that you're getting used to it too. And we don't want to get used to it, just like we didn't want to get used to Trump being the president. But here we are having to get used to something that is taking the lives of so many 
Americans and so many people of this world that we care about. And I need to recenter, refocus, and do some of my own personal work, which I've been doing the whole time, and model what I say I believe in. And that's when I feel like it's time to take a break, when I feel like it's time to reflect, then I need to stop and reflect because the world will go on without me. And I want to be somebody that does as I say, not just says, do as I say, not as I do, but that I do and say, (laughs) I'm getting trapped in my own conversation, that I am somebody that does what they say, that when I tell you I'm going to take a break and work on some things that I need to work on, including my book, which I am very excited about, and which being in Montana, not only have I been painting, but I have spent a long I have spent quite a bit of time organizing my book and I'm very excited. So hopefully within this year, I will be putting out a book of my mantras with music, with meditations. And you know that you've inspired a lot of those mantras. Yes, a lot of them have come from my own pain or the the things that I'm working on in my life. And a lot of them have come from the stories of my friends and my family and the people that comment on the podcast or the mantras that I've posted. So that is something that I will also be working on and am very excited about. Today's podcast isn't just about where we've been over the course of season three or where we're going. I also want to leave you with just a piece of presence or a piece of awareness or maybe just the understanding that we're not alone. I hope that as you are in your life, wherever you're at, wherever you reside, that you remember that we are interconnected, that my liberation is bound up in your liberation, and we get better, we get healthier in community, typically. (laughs) I know that church community, that word has been used for what is not generally community. Community, I would describe as people supporting upholding, sharpening each other for the better of the individual and the whole. It is not typically what church looks like, but church likes to call itself community, so I really want to be specific with that. So we are interconnected, bound up in each other, and changed by each other. Whether we are in the same room, the same town, the same city, the same state, the same nation. We are bound up in each other. We need each other. And this podcast is just one way that we can attempt to form connection with each other. It is not just me talking to you, me talking to guests. It is us hearing each other's stories and trying to stay present with those stories long enough to be moved and changed by those stories. And moved and changed meaning we look different 
and act different because of what we allow in. We can't do it by ourselves. And that thing in us that says, pull yourself up by your bootstraps is fucking bullshit. We have to take risks. And I know if you've been hurt by community and church, the risks have to be very calculated. But we have to start somewhere. We have to start in a posture of being willing to take a risk for ourselves because we need each other. We need to change. We need to be able to let somebody move us, let somebody speak to us, let somebody hold our pain for a little while so that we can catch a breather. I want us to be thinking of that not only in terms of spirituality, loving ourselves, loving others, loving our creator, loving creation, whatever works for you in that God role, and also working to be anti-racist in every part of our lives because we are bound up together and we need each other. It doesn't matter if you're in the United States Racism or some form of caste system, which could be based in ageism, sexism, ableism, you name it, we will all be touched by that brush. We will, none of us will escape it, and some of us will experience it to a harsher degree. So we are bound up in each other. And this podcast is just another way for us to be reminded that we're not alone, to remind us that we are enough, and to hold space for each other to transform. So I want to leave you with a bit of mindfulness. One of the ways that I describe mindfulness is very simple. It's a development of awareness or presence and that can sound intimidating but I look at it simply like when I hear a word like or a phrase you are not enough or you're a fraud or what's your problem I pay attention or at least I try to get to the point where I can hear those tapes that have been long playing in my mind and when I hear those tapes finally and when I move from awareness or move from not being aware at all to a bit of awareness and noticing. The mindful piece is to say to myself, that's not true. Or to reframe it and say, I am enough. I'm not a fraud. I am okay just the way I am. And then to Try to notice more and more when those things crop up and call them out. Or at least just notice them. And the reason we want to do this is we are being led by the things we tell ourselves. Whether we, whether we realize it or not, we are being led by the things that we tell ourselves. And it plays a subconscious role in, our, in who we are and in our bodies and in our minds. One of the things that I've noticed lately is I have this thing inside of me that feels like I'm going to get caught or I'm bad or um, I'm doing it wrong. It's like a 
like I'm a bad kid and my parents are going to catch me in some kind of naughtiness. And I don't know where the roots of that come from, but I know that it hasn't produced anything hopeful and worthwhile and uplifting in my life because I'm constantly kind of reacting to my own perceived badness. And so the phase that I'm in right now with that is just to notice it and go, hmm, that's interesting, just noticing it. And eventually I'm hoping to build a rapport with myself where I can go, okay, what are the roots of this? Or why? Why is that the first place I go to, like, when I, you know, when I'm in a place and somebody comes up to me, I immediately feel like I'm bad, like I did something wrong instead of maybe somebody's just coming up to me to ask for directions or, you know. And so that's right now in this moment, that's something that I'm working on. Just trying to build mindfulness and awareness around it. One of the ways I practice this is when I'm in the car and I notice it. If it comes up, if I'm on a hike and I have the rhythm of my feet on the ground, sometimes that gives me room to kind of notice different things. That, in my mind, is all mindfulness is. It's that practicing of presence that we can't be in all the time. I did a mantra about this this last week. And it went something like this. I will be as present as I can. I will be as present as I can. I will be as present as I can. We can't be present 100% of the time. It's not physically possible. And if we are 100% of the present 100% of the time, how can we also be present for other people? It's kind of moving in and out like a rhythm or like waves on the sand or clouds going across the sky or a breeze. It's a rhythm or breath. You breathe in and out. And so that's sort of what mindfulness is, is we are breathing in and noticing when we can. We don't have to say anything to it. We don't have to tell it it's wrong. We can just notice it and build that rhythm of what I would call a loving gesture or a stance, a posture of love towards ourselves. So if you can get into a comfortable position, you might be sitting in your car, you might be at a stoplight. So don't close your eyes if it's not practical or safe. And just breathe. And maybe as soon as you start to feel your breath calm and your body calm down, just breathing. Just breathing. You might notice something. You might notice a phrase that you don't like, or you might notice an, an intention of what you want what you want for the day, what you want for yourself. And just kind of like open hands, put that thing in your hands and just notice it. Not changing it, not defining it, not trying to discover its roots, just noticing it.
for me, almost every time I do something like this, I either have the phrase, I am enough, or I have just enough, like I am already enough in my head. And I don't have to define that. I don't have to decide what it is. It just is. And I'm trying to just let it be what it is, like you are doing right now. Just breathing and holding that. If a mantra comes to your mind, feel free to just say it. My mantra for the enough is, I am enough, I am enough, I am more than enough. I am enough, I am enough, I am more than enough. Just say whatever yours is in your head if you have one. And if not, just continue to notice that thing. Just relaxing into it, not having to fix it or do anything. And whenever you feel done, open your eyes or if the light has changed, move your car forward or pull to the side. And that's it. And it doesn't even have to be that long. It can be the length of a stoplight. It can be just taking a deep breath at a stop sign. It can be waiting at railroad tracks for a train to go through. It can be in the bathroom, in the shower, it can be getting dressed in the morning. It can be looking at the steam of your coffee or your tea. Nobody but you gets to decide what is mindfulness and where it happens for you or where presence is noticed and where those touchstones are. You get to decide that. And the more we can do that, the more centered and grounded it it helps us stay. We notice things in our body. We notice where we're holding anxiety. We notice where stress is. We can breathe into it and try to let it go or at least breathe into it and notice it. We all can do this. And when we do this, it changes how we are to ourselves, how we are to the people we love, how we are to the people in our lives that we don't know and come in contact with. It changes how we respond to people not wearing masks and people not taking the pandemic seriously because us giving them our energy doesn't do any of us any good. Stay present with yourself as best as you can and know when you don't need to, when it's time to, you know, be present with somebody else and trust that inter that inner wisdom piece that you are building inside of yourself to know what you need 
And I know that takes time to build if you haven't built it yet, or if you're just beginning to build it. It takes time, but that time is worth it and you are worth it. I wanna thank every single person that is listening now and who's listened over the course of the last three seasons. Um, I never thought I would do it this long. I really didn't think about it at all. I just wanted to start doing something that challenged me and got me kind of putting the, my thoughts out there um, and the things that I'm talking about with people and the things that I'm encountering in what I read. And so I am so, so very grateful to all of you that are out there who have listened, who shared, who've given me a review. I would love a review if you haven't. Um, I just love the interaction. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what causes you to kind of change, you know, almost on a DNA level. I want to know what you're thinking about, what you're reading, what has challenged you. My top book of this entire year is my Grandmother's Hands by Resma Memekin. Um, two other big ones for me are How to Be Anti-Racist and Cast, which I just finished today. I've read a ton of other books over the course of this year, but those three really stand out as shaping me and my belief system. And also, My Grandmother's Hands just leaving me with so many tools that I have longed for and searched for, for, I would say the last, you know, 10 years of getting trauma and stress out of my body. And I am eternally grateful to Resma. and he will never know, but I am so grateful. And I'm grateful to you for listening. So remember who you are. If I can leave you with one thing in this break from season three to season four. Listen to me. Remember who you are. If you're not sure, remember the best thing about yourself. And if you're still not sure, remember the best thing that somebody has told you about you that you struggle to believe. But remember who you are. That you are worth knowing. You are worth loving and you are worth being in this world. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. I'm going to say it one more time. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Thank you, and take really good care of yourself, and I will see you in season four. Goodbye, everybody.